Well, I am so thankful to be able to introduce a friend, a guy I've been praying with almost weekly for a number of years, and has such a heart for God and for uh, for revival and uh, just advancing God's kingdom. Uh, Pastor Carl House. Hello, Carl. Welcome. Hey, Randy. Thanks for having me. For oh, sure. my pleasure. Let me tell you a little bit more about Carl's background here. He graduated with a Master of Divinity from Calvin Theological Seminary. He planted a Christian Reformed church near Toronto, Canada, and then a vineyard church. So we may have to talk about that in Tampa. <laughs> I assume that was Tampa, Florida. Tampa, Florida. Yeah, okay. there are some other Tampas, but that was Florida. So, yep. but you 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 stuck with T, Toronto, and Tampa. That's really good. But you 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 broke the the model by coming back to Grand Rapids and planted and are planting what you call one way micro churches. Hmm. Or, or or the the way the, the way. way yes the yes way. it could be one way I, I read it wrong the way micro church we're going to talk about that yep. it's a new family of simple churches in Grand Rapids and beyond your passion is to pour into a new generation of disciples and leaders and micro churches so again welcome uh, Carl thanks for taking a few minutes with us today oh yeah thank you love it for sure Randy. So micro church. Now I'm sure some of our listeners, watchers know what that is, but uh why don't you just help define what in the world is a micro church for crying out loud, huh? Yeah, so uh you know, micro uh small. Mm -hmm. And the idea is it you you could say it's like house churches, but by using the phrase micro churches, you're not limited to mm -hmm. a house. Okay. So um so they could meet anywhere. They're usually quite small. They could start with four people, grow to 12, could grow to 20. Most places can't handle more than that. Most Ooh. leaders can't handle the leadership that comes with that. So you want to keep them quite small. Uh, they're simple. Um, you could call them simple churches, which we do. And the mm -hmm. idea there is you're simplifying church to sort of maximize the, the key relationships and priorities. Mm -hmm. But that's what a micro church is. Uh, you don't need buildings, although you meet in a building, sure. a home, sure. uh, a coffee shop, yeah. an office, okay. you know, wherever. Mm -hmm. All right. So where did this concept kind of start and kind of what led you to, to get into this area, Carol? So I, I think the concept started in the New Testament. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There, drop the mic, right? Yeah, there um, you go. So, you know, uh, and it's called the way. Um, the way. Uh -huh. Of course, in the Old uh, New Testament, the church was called the way. They followed Jesus, who is the way. They followed his way of life and so sure, on. Sure. Um, and, you know, Paul often says, hey, greet uh the the church that meets in your home yep. repeatedly mm -hmm. and so you know we believe that obviously the concept comes from the new testament um having said that i don't believe it's the only form of church yeah i, I was going to ask you that other yeah sure yep yep and of course it's being used all around the world in some places because it has to be used mm. uh these would be in lands where there is persecution where the government is clamping down on churches. And so they have to go under the radar, go sure. underground. Um, so yeah, that's where the concept comes from. Okay. And uh, how did you get into it? Uh, Carol? Yeah. So, so I got into it because someone told me about a book 
And the book uh, was is by Francis Chan, and it's okay. called Letters to the Church. Okay. And if people know who Francis Chan is, sure. a great yep. evangelical yep. pastor, yep. had a mega church out in California, and came uh, to a place where he didn't feel comfortable with, you know, how that mega church focused only on him. Yeah. How um, he wasn't seeing the relationships that mm. he sees in the New Testament. They couldn't do the one another. So he went through a, a process of leaving that behind, hopefully in a good place, and doing house churches. Um, it's a, it's a, just a very good book. I read it. I was in a place of transition. Okay. I gave the book to my wife and my wife, Anita. Uh, she read it, and we just looked at each other and said, let's do it. Let's do it. So really felt just the call of God to simplify and, you know, not be the guy on the stage, not be the guy, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's very much uh, everybody gets to play. Everybody has to play. Um, and um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I we, um, we go to a, a large church, uh, Marcia and I, but for example, this morning I was in a, a group with four other guys and it was a sweet time of just, you know, encouraging each other, as it says in Hebrews, to study one another daily, to provoke one another, to love and yes. good works. I mean, we need that life-on-life -life connection. It's 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 not just, I mean, the, the American picture has become all too much. Okay, I'm a Christian. Yes, I read my Bible every once in a while. I pray every once in a while. And yep, I do go to church. I sit in the pew. I listen to this nice these nice words, and then I go home and do my thing. But that's that's not really consistent with with Jesus in Matthew twenty eight, is it? No, go, not, go not, not just disciples. go and sit in a pew. Go make disciples, right? Yeah, and you know Jesus had the crowds. Obviously, he had sure. quite large discipleship followings as yeah. well. But he focused on the twelve. But that's then true. he focused on the three. That's really Peter, true. James and John. That's well and so, said. The way, the way I describe it is, you know, you think of rows, so that would be your typical Sunday morning, that right. could be 100, 5,000, right? right. Yeah. You know, um, and then you think of circles, which would be your small groups of, let's say, 8 to 15. Right. And then I think in terms of triangles or squares, which Ooh. would be three people or four people. That's good. And I felt called by God to just say no to the to the rows now. Uh -huh. It was taking up 80% of my time sure. between German sure. preparation and all the administration to focus on the circles, which we're calling micro churches mm. and discipleship groups, accountability groups, which we're calling uh discovery uh discipleship groups okay um, okay well, so great. so in other words kind of two tracks the micro church mm -hmm. which is your spiritual family right and these smaller groups which are really the place where you wow. do life on life and, and hone your discipleship and, and are you looking at basically weekly on both of those uh, weekly yeah, in the micro so church and, and weekly in the discipleship thing or, or different Yes, the, we. You could be flexible. You could do every other week micro church, uh -huh. and then every other week the smaller discipleship groups. You could, if people had to. Sure. Uh, but basically, yes. Um, the discipleship groups could be a bit seasonal. You know, you could go the fall, take Christmas break off. Oh, sure. You know. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. know, like what we would do in uh, 
church master based. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So what is the, I mean, so you are doing this on a full-time basis. Is that yeah. fair to say? Yeah. What has been the re- reaction of people as, as you talk about this? I mean, the people that are typically going to these mega churches and uh, you know, the, 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 the row on row sorts of situation, mm-hmm. what, what's the response of people typically? Well, you, you get the response. They go, Oh, that's kind of sounds like the new Testament. I go, yeah. <laughs> Uh, lots of curiosity. Um, not always a lot of takers. Okay. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, and that's okay because people have relationships, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. Let's face it. Church is about relationships. And so, um, you know, and I'm not trying to steal sheep, right? You know, that's right, just right. not what we're trying to do, but you do get people who, for whatever reason, feel called to join, maybe mm-hmm. they got burnt out in a church situation. Okay. Uh, a lot of young adults who have a bit of an aversion to organized religion right now. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. less organized, though it is. And once again, we love all churches. We don't bash anybody. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but a lot of young adults are very open to this model. Mm. Um, yeah, because yeah. it's more personal and more real uh, in lots yeah. of ways. I mean, let's say that somebody watching this look or listening to this says, hmm, I'd like to learn more about this. Uh, are you against them continuing to go to their larger church and then tasting the waters or testing the waters, you might say, uh, in, a, in a micro church situation? Does that work? No, I, absolutely not. Because, you know, people need to try things on for size, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And, and that, that's always a process. And I totally get that. Okay. Um, so, no, but long term, you know, you would want someone to focus on the microchurch because that really does become your family. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of a microchurch is that you're simplifying church yep. to maximize these key relationships and priorities. But no, I totally get that some people need that process. In yeah. fact, we have something called Be the Way, which is a four week introduction to microchurch which okay. new microchurches would work through or an existing small group and once again gotta be really careful because we don't want to take a small group from another church sure sure but some of these small groups now you know they've been going for years and and they're made up of people from different churches or some people don't go to church so you know what is the dna of a of a microchurch and there's four weeks to kind of get your feet wet test it out so if they want to learn more, give us a you know website or some way to make that yeah, connection. Yeah. yeah, just the way microchurches.org. So microchurches plural dot org. And, and then, one uh, word, quote unquote, the way microchurches.org. Yeah. The, the way microchurches okay. dot. Yep. Yeah, awesome. it's a pretty simple website, trying to keep it simple. Well, that's cool. That's neat. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean Mm-hmm. We say, uh, you know, our little apologetic for microchurches are, you know, they're simple, yep. which allows you to focus on the four key relationships, which is our relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So worship, our relationship with his word, the Bible, mm-hmm. which we call discovery rather than teaching or preaching. It's discovery because mm-hmm. we're discovering it together, mm-hmm. the discovery Bible study our relationship with each other, which is community, and then our relationship to those around us, the world, which is mission. Now, 
that is pretty typical of every church. Every no, church would say, though. yeah, that's, that's it. That's good. I love it. But by simplifying it, you're able to really focus on that. And then we say it's engaging. Like yeah. you can't hide. Right. You know, that could be a problem for some people. Like they do want to hide. Oh, they yeah, for sure. Out. They don't want to be real. Yeah. Yeah. At, at first, at least. But it is engaging. Everybody gets involved. And then we say it's strategic. Like it doesn't cost a lot of money. You don't yeah. need big buildings. Uh, it can replicate quickly. It can infiltrate. It can be fine-tuned to the culture, the subculture. You know, so simple. It's engaging. It's strategic. That's really good. That's really good. So, you know, it makes me think, you know, in, in, as you in, indicated before, in a number of nations, this yes. is the church. I mean, especially nations where there's persecution, they cannot build this big structure and, you know, with lots of rows and rows, they have to yep. meet in people's homes. Yep, yep. And China, I'm just wondering, China. let me just throw this out. I mean, it's so interesting to me how the churches in China and Afghanistan and Iran and uh, probably North Korea, but anyhow, they're growing yeah. The church in America has been in a state of decline. Pastors yeah. are leaving the ministry weekly. Churches are closing their doors. Could part of the reason be because of the way that we've thought what church is and that we do need to be in smaller micro church type things? Is that possible? Well, I I, I would say, you, yes, you are right. You said could part of the reason. I wouldn't say it's the only reason. I, right? I agree with you. Yes. I, I think persecution has a way of, you know, pruning the church and Amen. pruning ourselves. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you know, it, it does a good job of getting rid of the flesh, yeah. you know, persecution. It's either the spirit and Jesus or yeah. it's nothing, right? Yeah. So, I mean, but, yeah. but, I mean, John Stott, who isn't, was an evangelical Anglican uh, yes, yes. pastor, theologian. Yeah. He, he actually went so far as to say there are heretical structures in the church. Wow. Meaning not heretical theology, but certain structures in Ooh. the church that actually lead the church away from its true calling. Wow. Um, and one of those could be, you know, the priesthood, which of course the Anglicans have, as opposed to the priesthood of all believers. Right. You know, just some of these, I mean, I tread lightly once again, because I love all churches. Right. But he would say that some of these structures lead us away from the the one another's of the New Testament. Yes. From mission, from yeah. community and mission, you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's powerful. I mean, again, we had a we we've been meeting as a small group of five of us for a number of weeks. But this morning when we met, uh, it was particularly a sweet time of just encouraging each other to be in the Word on a daily basis and and how to do that. And man, I could just see just the the unit by being real. I, I started. I'm kind of the the guy that facilitates the group. I started by being very vulnerable myself about some of the struggles that I, you know, I tend to be a doer rather than a beer. Okay. Uh, get the job done, go through the list, you know, and now I'm good to go rather than to be with the Lord, love him. And uh, again, that's a daily and thing. To, and to be with each other. Yes, yes, yes. We, so so we, I, yeah, that's right. We don't call our 
uh, you know, we don't call them gatherings. We call them families. I love because it. Because even love gathering it. has yes. this event yes. base, uh, but it's so a family. Good. So what do you do? Well, you gather as a family, yep. but the priority is the relationships. That is you know, so I, I just preached this weekend at a very large uh, EPC, so Evangelical Presbyterian Church in right. Findlay, Ohio. Okay. Great church, Gateway Church. Uh-huh. Probably 2,000 people. Sure. Uh, different campuses. They have a very good small group ministry, though. So it is possible. And many churches are doing that well. Um, but it takes a lot of energy to keep the small group ministry and then the discipleship ministry going when you have a big church. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. Uh, let's just turn the corner just a, a second <laughs> here to talk about what we sense happening in our day, the Asbury University situation. And yeah. we're sensing, we're seeing that a little bit even here in West Michigan and, and uh, I'm sure other places of the country where this Gen Z group, college students, yeah. uh, are are getting together. They're, they're praying. They're sensing the presence of God. And in fact, we've got a, a prayer meeting tonight where I, I we're going to be interacting with some of these Gen Z folks and, I'm really kind of looking forward to that, but is it possible? I mean, so many of us have been praying for revival and we have in our mind what that's going to look like. Could it be that God is answering those prayers in ways that we just couldn't have guessed through this young generation, through small groups and they get together in larger groups too, but but they 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 they're real with each other. Yeah. They're seeing God. Yeah. I think you know the answer. The answer is yes. I think the answer is yes, right? You know, now yeah. to him who is yeah. able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, right? So, yeah, that's very exciting, especially when we sit here and lament what we're seeing in our culture, right? You know, through social media and, you know, politics. And, you know, here is this mushroom yeast of young adults who are yes. getting turned on by the Lord. Yes. And part of that, I think, is because of, you know, can I put in quotation, the persecution or the pressure of of our culture, our yes. secular culture. Yes. And I just am super excited. And it is what we are seeing uh, in some of these micro churches. Like I said, many of the people my age, our age, are are so well connected to legacy churches, right? Yeah. They're elders, they're deacons, they're sure. small group leaders, sure. they, you know, and, and so they're very invested in that. Some of their children are not, mm -hmm. and you know, and they're open to this. So, oh, so good. It's, it's very, very uh -huh. exciting. It is so exciting that what God is doing at at this stage, and we need to keep praying that that continues to grow. And that we, the older folks, feed them appropriately. That we don't squelch it. We don't. We don't quench the spirit that that's moving, uh, in 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 ways that we maybe couldn't have fathomed uh, ourselves. Well, yeah. But we're, and, we're not. And in they charge. will challenge us, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. They'll challenge us, absolutely. You know? I mean, yes. if we can think about what it was like when we <laughs> were on fire for the Lord yeah. and doing crazy yeah. things yeah. like laying yeah. hands on people and praying, and yeah. you know, with you know, godly expectations. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. they're going to make the same mistakes we yeah. did, but praise God. Yes. Amen. So let me just kind of, my conclusion would be, 
Are you optimistic about where things are going in the United States of America or more on the pessimistic side of, of where culture is? I mean, we can look, we don't have to look too far to see culture just off the rails. So so much confusion, you know, about gender and, and other things and growing and uh, anger toward Christians that hold to what God says marriage is between a man and a woman, you know, and that sex belongs there and those sorts of things. You know, we're increasingly viewed as haters and so on. But just to want to know, are you are you hopeful, optimistic, or more on the negative side as to where things are going in America today? Yeah. Well, my primary citizenship is in the kingdom of heaven, right? That is so true. Secondarily, I'm an American and a Canadian, so I'm both. <laughs> I got three. I got three citizenships. Um, I'm very optimistic about the kingdom of God. That's so good. <laughs> and and in some sense, uh, when times get darker, you know, I think the kingdom of God gets clearer and brighter. Amen. I think the lines get, uh, you know, uh, clearer. Decisions need to be made. Mm -hmm. um, I believe Jesus builds his church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Amen. I think God commissioned Abraham to raise his children to fear God in, in, in right next to Sodom and Gomorrah. He's going to talk about Sodom and Gomorrah. And he says, what have I called Abraham to do? To raise his kids to know me and follow me. That's so good. this does not surprise God. Um, I am optimistic about the health of the church and the kingdom in this culture. I love it. Um, how's that? I'll just be positive. I love it. I love it. So <laughs> anything I have not asked you that you would like to add before we close? Yeah, I I think... Um, I th I think we need to um, we need to practice what Jesus practiced, which was He says, "I don't do anything unless the Father shows me. I don't say anything unless the Father tells me." He says, "I don't even judge anyone unless the Father gives me that." I I really think we need to, as best as we can, not put our philosophy and worldview and fears and hang-ups on how we see culture and people and church. Mm -hmm. And I think we just need to be more conversational with Jesus and say, what, what do you think? What are you up to? What are you saying? How can I join you? I, I think life would be a whole lot more fun. And I, I think it would be a whole lot more positive because Jesus said, I don't do anything unless the father shows me. And he says this, and the father loves me and he shows me everything he does. I love it. I love it. What, what fun, what freedom, right? Amen. He's just, he just goes into his day and said, what's up, father? I know you love me. Why, why would you leave me high and dry guessing what you're up to? And, and I think we just need, mm. I think we need to just have more joy more relaxation and more conversation with Jesus uh, oh, through his it. spirit. I love it. I totally yeah. agree, brother. And it goes totally against our culture, totally against really the way we were raised in a lot of ways. But that's yeah. what he's been saying to me on a regular basis. Just come here, Randy. Come on. Let's do yeah. this together. Come on. Let's just love each other. Come on. I love you. I've taken yeah. care of it. He said, there's no need to hurry. No need to worry. Let's yeah. do this together. Let's that, walk this out that together. That is as good as it gets. 
Yeah, I, I, I said this weekend, um, the fruit, you know, he wants us to be fruitful. It's not yes. about human achievement. It's yep. about human receivement. Oh, and, that's powerful. And I'm just, I'm not good at that. I'm an overachiever. So Can I become I. an overreceiver? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, Carol. Thank oh. you, brother. How about closeness in prayer? Yeah. So, well, let's keep it real simple, Lord. We reconnect ourselves to the vine. Mm. And uh, we, we thank you that your grip on us is a lot better than our grip on you. And we realize that apart from you, we can do nothing. Amen. But when we stay connected, when we remain, when we abide, when we reside in you and you in us, when that relationship is strong, uh, we can bear much fruit, uh, fruit to the glory of the Father. And so, Holy Spirit, fill us and use us. Mm -hmm. Give us hope and joy. Uh, help us to walk with you and keep in step with the Spirit. And then open our eyes to those around us and simply love them with the love that you're pouring into us. So yes. we love you, Jesus. Thanks for Randy and his ministry. Bless it. And uh, we thank you, too, for what we're seeing in these young adults and young people. Mm -hmm. uh, may we who are older bless them yeah. and, and bless you for what we're seeing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Carl, that was great. I think... Uh... I think a lot of good uh, things were communicated and, and a lot of hope given to folks and, and encouragement and challenges. And I pray that many, many hearts and lives will be touched by, by what you shared. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, it was great. Thanks, Randy. Love you. And love you too, everybody. Bye. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. That's grandawakening.org. 